0: I'm not going to raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drank your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello. From the Dire Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 28, Moorhead State NCAA Tournament first round. Were you getting nervous in the lead up to this game? Had so much time to get nervous before this game. Because <laughs> the game didn't start till after 10.30 p.m. The last game to finish on day one of the NCAA tournament. And wow, did we see some upsets? We saw Ohio State, who took Illinois to overtime last week. They get taken out by Oral Roberts. I don't know where that's at, and I don't know who that is, but congrats to Oral Roberts for advancing. The rare 15th seed moves on. Oregon State, the Beavers move on. Shout out to Gary Payton's uh, alma mater. The Mean Green, remember the Mean Green? They get past Purdue, more like Perdonald, am I right? Anyways, we're here to talk WVU basketball. So, All these upsets are happening, including the North Texas upset right before the West Virginia game. And so my nervousness gradually increased throughout the day. And this game was tight. You know, West Virginia went into halftime with a, what did they have? They had a seven point lead. And we've seen that before, right? West Virginia, less than 10 point lead at the half. We all know what was going to happen next, right? And what was going to happen and what did happen is that lead disappeared (laughs) in quick order, right? West Virginia calls the quick timeout. Now, Moorhead State doesn't get the lead, but they cut it to one. It's 42 41. They come out of the timeout, Deuce makes a jumper. 44-41, Forty-four, forty-one, 41 right? A few plays later, and the game is still tight. We're talking four-point lead. And then Deuce gets a steal. This is the play of the game. Deuce gets a steal, goes down on the left-hand side. The Moorhead State guy... It starts as he's reaching for the ball, but he's nowhere near the ball. He goes for the WWF. I know it's not that anymore. The WWF clothesline. And Deuce makes the and one. (laughs) I mean, borderline clothesline at the neck. I think he just hit his head. But it was... They showed the replay, you know, a few dozen times. It was it was intense, and Deuce made the shot. And then they called it a flagrant foul, and then he got two shots at the free throw line, made those. And then Deuce gets fouled, makes two more free throws. So essentially, on one trip down... Because West Virginia gets the ball back. On one trip down, he makes a layup. He makes the two free throws. He throws the ball off the guy's back on the inbound. Smart play. Gets fouled. Makes two more free throws. So he had a six-point play. All right? Deuce had a six-point play. West Virginia was leading by four. After the six-point play, (laughs) they're up ten. How many times have you seen a six-point play? I know it was two different things, but Moorhead State never had the ball. West Virginia scored six in a row. They didn't even turn it over. And then West Virginia sailed from there and wins 84-67. So props to Deuce McBride. Career high. 30 points in this game. The man has never had a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. It's only his second season, but he he starts off with a bang. And are we shocked that Deuce would have a career high in the NCAA tournament? Nobody's shocked by that. The mid-range game was working. The three-point shot was back. Again, the six-point play that nobody's ever seen. Deuce was great from beginning to end. Defense was really good. What can you say bad about Deuce McBride tonight? You can't. He was fantastic. And he had to be fantastic. Because, yes, West Virginia shot over 50%. But Morehead State shot 52% from the field. They made 10 threes. They were 53% from three. And some of them were easy. They were hand in face. Contested shots, swishing them. This one layup that Moorhead State had, it it hit the bottom part of the rim and then crawled up like a slinky (laughs) and went in. Like shots, like crazy shots. State shot 52% for the game, 53% from three. Out-rebounded West Virginia. And could have lost by 20 to 25 points if they didn't make some ridiculous shots. And there were some questionable fouls. Not going to get into refereeing. Questionable fouls. (laughs) So Deuce has 30. Bob Huggins wins his 900th game in front of 400 people in a football stadium in Indianapolis. (laughs) And I, I guess that's perfect for Bob Huggins. Not a lot of fanfare. Twelve thirty in the morning, and he he gets his nine hundredth. And it's it's rarefied air. It's I've talked about it on this podcast. The club is very small. The nine hundred club. It's a very exclusive club in the history of college basketball. And he's not that much different from <laughs> let's be clear it's just a it's just a round number he's he's the same coach win an eight ninety nine and win a nine hundred but just so excited so he doesn't have to answer those questions. You can wait another hundred wins if he's got that in him before he gets questions about how many how many when are you gonna win nine hundred and one they they don't ask you that it's just implied you know. Credit to Bob Huggins in his 900th win to get (laughs) to give up 10 threes, 52% shooting, and win the game. And I told you that Deuce was the game changer. Derek Culver had two points in the first half. He came out in the second half, got his, ended up with 12 points. West Virginia, you know, going into this game, the story was Moorhead State turns the ball over a ton. And they did that tonight. Thank goodness. They had 18 turnovers. West Virginia took care of the ball, only had six turnovers. Yes, West Virginia got out-rebounded, but because of those turnovers, they had some fast-break shots that they made. Much better today from two-point range. And they got up 13 more shots in Moorhead State, primarily because of those 18 turnovers. Listen, West Virginia wasn't a slouch from the three-point line either. Shot Robot made some. Jalen Bridges made some. In the the props game, freshman. There's not not an opportunity for him to have been in the NCAA tournament. He comes out. He has 15 points, five rebounds, three three three-pointers. One great rebound and throws it back out to the top of the key to deuce. Deuce makes a 3. Shot robot, he made a 3. His defense was solid tonight. And poor Gabe. <laughs> the stat line doesn't reflect how good Gabe was on defense tonight and he just did not get any benefits of the doubt. I don't know what I don't know what Gabe did. He got, the, he got the flop accusation on him. Was it a flop? Yeah, probably. But just any 50-50 quick call went against Gabe tonight. And yet he was a great contributor to this win. And the positives moving into the next game is that Taz Sherman did not go off a quiet nine points, three of nine shooting. And listen, some people, they have a 30-point game, and you're concerned, can they do that again? Uh, Deuce look healthy. He was moving great. He had a couple of dunks. Again, he finished through a close line. Um, so of anybody that can have a great game back-to-back, uh, Deuce McBride, on this team would be the guy I would I would pick and say, yeah, he can do it again. He can follow up with a, a career night with another career night. And so West Virginia, this game was tight. <laughs> this game was tight for twenty five minutes of the forty minutes, and the six point play turned things around for West Virginia. Random thoughts coming up. Dire Prime is the lead sponsor for Unreasonable Doubt. Dyer Prime Creative Group. You ever wake up and you don't have embroidery energy? You just wake up, you're like, you know what? I need that embroidery energy. Dyer Prime, they exude embroidery energy because it's something that they can do for you. They can put a monogram on your bathrobe. They can put your logo on a hat or a t-shirt. They are in the business of giving out embroidery energy. Call or text Dyer Prime to find out more about embroidery. 304-767-4445. Find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dyer Prime, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Were you prepared for J-O-H-N-I to not be Johnny? I was ill-prepared for that. But the guy, no matter what his first name is, the guy could play basketball. He was an impressive freshman. He gave Culver fits, especially in that first half. Just Culver, with he was moving too fast like he does, but he's still quick, you know? And so you, you think he got by Broom, he didn't. Broom had three blocks, really frustrated Culver. I didn't think Culver was going to turn around in the second half. His body language was a one of frustration, but he came around. But that's credit to Broom. Ten points, nine rebounds, three blocks. The guy was impressive. What else happened on day one? Well, let's go back to the first four. Our 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 guy our guy Cronin, the head coach of Ookla, so much intensity from that guy. <laughs> I didn't watch that whole game, but as soon as I turned on the Michigan State Ookla game. You got a head coach that's hitting himself hard in his shoulder multiple times. I don't know who that was directed at. I don't know if that was just for him to motivate himself to coach better. He just looked like a crazy person. They won the game. Ookla won. But So that can be true that they won the game and also their coach (laughs) puts off, he gives off a vibe of uh, unbridled. How about that? And my man, he's not the biggest guy in the world, you know? Mick Cronin. And we're a year into this pandemic and everybody's, you know, you know... Maybe you went through a few face masks, you know, maybe you got one like I'm still holding on the one that basically covers. It's a face mask, but it basically <laughs> if I'm not paying attention, it can it can go over my eyes. It's that big. And I, I don't have I'm not bragging here. I don't have the smallest of heads. You know, I can wear hats, but I've got a – anyways, so I got some different masks that fit better, right? They make them in different sizes, different shapes. You're the head coach at Ookla. Somebody could take care of that for you. Coach, this is going to be a great mask to wear during the game. It's going to fit you comfortably. Yeah, you got to pull it down because everybody's got to pull it down so they can hear you. Pull it back up. Very comfortable, right? My man Mick Cronin. Every time, <laughs> every time they pan in on him, his mask looks like <laughs> his mask looks like it's hanging on for dear life. It's all scrunchy. I don't know if it's how he's breathing in it during the game. I'm just saying. We're a year in. You can't claim ignorance on the face mask. Somebody get Mick Cronin a face mask before tomorrow's game. All right, against BYU, get him one that fits. That doesn't look like <laughs> it. Just it just looks bad. And again, we're not talking about. It's not Andre the Giant putting on a face mask. I would I would assume that that guy would have a hard time with face masks if he was with us. We're, we're done with day one. Some brackets are ruined. If you listen to bracket talk that I got Utah State wrong. You, hey, you know, sometimes you go contrarian. You go against the grain. And betting against Chris Beard in the NCAA tournament apparently is the ultimate contrarian move (laughs) because he doesn't lose in the NCAA tournament like he's he he has, but he wins at least a couple before he bows out. And so that was a good game for a while. And then Texas Tech said, uh, yeah, yeah, you're done. So got that one wrong. The pat myself on the back. I got Villanova right. That Villanova so many people I heard like Winthrop, Winthrop, Winthrop. They only lost one game, Winthrop. Villanova's missing two of their best players. All right. Yeah, but they still got a really good coach and they're Villanova and the same The same reason that I should have applied to Chris Beard, I totally applied to Jay Wright. The guy can coach. He looks sharp, well-dressed man, good-looking man. That doesn't have anything to do with basketball. Villanova wins in the NCAA tournament. And if anybody, that guy can make it happen. And he did. A lot of close games. I mean, the first four... Games on Thursday, all of those were less than 10 points. And I think three of the games were one-point games. And then the first handful of games on Friday, nail biters. Really, really good first round. It could have been all blowouts. It had been a great first round, again, because we didn't have it last year. But lots of good games. A 15 beating a 2. 13 being, beating a four seed. All good stuff. The the five twelve. I didn't think it was going to happen this year. Of course it happened. Oregon State. And Baylor still in. And Illinois still in. So no one seed's lost. And now Saturday's going to feel weird, right? Saturday's usually an eight-game day. It's another day of the madness. Friday is Saturday. So... Another another 16 games and, knock on wood, no teams have had to withdraw due to pandemic. So whatever they're doing in the bubble, and listen, the bubble. <laughs> it is funny to hear the head of the NCAA talk about what's in the bubble for the players. We experienced this a little bit with the NBA, where it's like, hey, the guy's You know, you can walk around the resort. You can't go to Walt Disney World, but you can walk around, play some golf, do some fishing. (laughs) That was a thing. The NBA bubble, there was a lot of fishing happening. I think there's like three fish and they were all catching the same three fish. In the NCAA bubble in Indianapolis, uh, they played kickball. Like, hey, The NCAA guy was like, hey, we got a soccer field. Or like a, no, hey, we got a softball field. We'll set up a badminton net. Right? Each person gets a book to read in the hotel room. We've got puzzles for the student athletes. (laughs) No, he wasn't the script. I'm assuming when he, if you just say puzzle, what comes to mind? I'm picturing like. 500 puzzle piece puzzle. But maybe it was like the Cracker Barrel puzzle. Maybe it was the nail. Wrapped around. The other piece of metal. And you have to. Untwine it. (laughs) Maybe it was the. The rectangle thing at Cracker Barrel. With the golf tees in it. I guess those are puzzles too. Anyways it's kind of weird. But it's working. You know as weird as that is. I know me personally, it's refreshing to, I would have, oh, you got wiffle ball? I would love to go outside and play wiffle ball or kickball. But I'm a 41-year-old man. Anyways, hope your bracket's still holding up all right after the first day. I hope you didn't have Ohio State winning at all. I don't think a lot of people from West Virginia would have picked that. I'm going out on a limb there. Final thoughts coming up. unreasonable doubt is on the social media on instagram at unreasonable doubt wv on twitter at i'm josh witt on facebook go to that search bar thing and type in unreasonable doubt do it interact with the show for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Next game for West Virginia in the NCAA tournament. Second round game. I don't know what time it is. I don't know what time it is right now, but I don't know what time that game is. It will be Sunday. West Virginia will play Syracuse. Our old friends from the Big East. And now they're in the ACC. But the Syracuse Orange. So Huggins has won 900 games, right? Very few guys or ladies have won more than 900. The next guy West Virginia plays, the next guy Huggins coaches against, he has almost 1,100 wins. So, you know, that's way up there. Huggins... Huggins is won 900 and he's like almost 200 behind this guy. Syracuse destroyed San Diego State, beat him by 16 and it wasn't that close. Like it was one of those where San Diego State, everything in the last three minutes went in. Or they would have that could have been much worse than a 16 point win. And Bayheim, I don't know how many kids he has, but he has a son on the team, Buddy Bayheim, and he's on a bit of a heater. He's went over thirty in his last two games. One was a loss to Virginia. Tonight, he went for thirty plus against San Diego State. So he's coming in hot, Buddy. He shoots 39% from three. I haven't watched any Syracuse, but be prepared if you're if you're new to basketball, unfamiliar with the work of Syracuse, because there may be people listening to this podcast that doesn't remember West Virginia being in the Big East. I mean we're we're going back like nine years now. Roughly. So Syracuse, the guy's been coaching there forever. Bayheim has been there forever. Kind of snooty, <laughs> kind of old, cranky Bayheim right? But he does. He's he's got he's got a zone defense, all right. And it's called the two-three zone, and that's what they do. Syracuse, that's what they do, and they're doing that it again this year. I don't know how effective it's been. They gave up 85 to Duke. They gave up 96 to Pittsburgh. They got swept this year by Pittsburgh. Middle of the road, Pittsburgh. You know how West Virginia only had that one double-digit loss to Kansas? This team, and again, this is early in the season, lost by 10 to Rutgers. Lost by 20 to Pittsburgh. Lost by 20-some to Virginia double digits to Clemson and it's not like they ended the season super hot or anything you know they won 5 out of their last 7 before they got in the tournament but the 2 losses were back to back they were not good away from the carrier dome and so this 2-3 zone guess what they give up offensive rebounds because they play a zone But they don't foul a lot. So second straight game, West Virginia plays a team that doesn't foul a ton. And uh, somebody's got to guard Bayheim's son. (laughs) Yeah. And they don't play a lot of guys. So let's see what happens. Huggins won his first game against Bayheim when he joined West Virginia. And then lost the next five. And some of those games were close. One went to overtime. Uh, some were not close. Couldn't beat them in Morgantown. Couldn't beat them at the Carrier Dome. So Huggins is not a great track record against Beheim. West Virginia does have shooters. So that helps playing against a zone. And just being disciplined. So let's see. I think this game is going to be about, can West Virginia get stops? And the tough thing playing Syracuse, it's hard to play your style. It's, you know, Moorhead State, they didn't want to run a lot. West Virginia, they sped up the game, got fast break points, turned them over. They played their style. Moorhead State did not play their style. West Virginia got to the 80s. Morehead State did not want that. Syracuse, because of that zone, especially if you're not making shots, they have the ability for them to play their game. And you, now, West Virginia, they can be successful. But man to man zone defense, it doesn't matter. West Virginia's got to make shots, especially against a zone. So we'll see what happens. Uh, (laughs) The Orange. So win another game and let's go to the Sweet 16. How about that? That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Overcast. Cast Subscribe to the podcast or follow the podcast. Whatever there's, if there's a button that says subscribe, hit that. And the and the podcast will automatically download to your device. If it says follow, hit that. And maybe it'll download, maybe it won't. But if you do those things, that helps this podcast. Preach. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2020-2021 season. They're still playing. And now they have 19 wins and 9 losses.